Hello and welcome to episode two of the Three Bells Wrestling Podcast. Uh, it's the first episode on iTunes. The other one was on SoundCloud, but figured it was about time to get official. So if this is your first episode joining us, welcome. There's a lot to get into this week, actually. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday night, so tomorrow is the Greatest Royal Rumble. And there's a lot of predictions, a lot of theories to get into. Not a lot happened on SmackDown overall this week, so we'll be brief on that. Uh, got a couple segments for you, our three stars of the week and our hot take of the week. Um, we're going to try and incorporate some interviews once we get a little larger into these episodes, but for now, just segments and uh, opinions. So let's jump right into it. We had Raw on Monday, and I thought it did a good job, as as good as it could do. It, it set up more towards Backlash than the Greatest Royal Rumble. There hasn't been a lot of build for this, uh, being that it's a network exclusive. Um, but we saw some good segments. We saw some good matches. Um, mostly the new guys is what we saw the most of. We saw seeds planting for gender and... And a lot of things leading up to Backlash. Um, I thought there were good promos. Um, the Dolph Ziggler-Drew McIntyre bit was really good. I thought Drew McIntyre looks fantastic. Uh, it was their first match. And they went against Titus Worldwide, I believe. And Drew McIntyre looked phenomenal. Um, he's in great shape. He looks like he's really worked on a move set and obviously worked on his body. And now um, it looks like he's added some promo work to it, too, because his mic work was fantastic. Um, he cut a really fiery, heated promo about, you know, the locker room and basically just how he, he's going to be a top dog and kind of change things around. Um, we saw more of the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar stuff, and... I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, but I'm a little sick of this. Every week it's the same thing. Roman comes and talks about how Brock's a part-timer, or Brock and Paul Heyman come out, and Paul Heyman talks about how Brock is the champion, he's always going to be the champion, how Roman can't beat him. And it seems like week in and week out we get the same sort of thing, where they go face-to-face, -face. there might be a little scrap, or nothing happens, as was the case this week. And... We get Roman saying things about how Brock is a part-timer and he doesn't wrestle and he only shows up when he wants to. But the last time Roman Reigns fought a, an actual match on Raw was 10 weeks ago. Other than that, it's been promos and little bits with Brock and Samoa Joe, which we'll get into a little bit later. But Roman Reigns kind of comes off looking like a hypocrite here because he hasn't wrestled a match on Raw in a very long time. And all he comes out and does is talk. And that's the same thing that he criticizes Brock for doing is not wrestling. So it's a little 50-50 there. Um, I mean, I'm just kind of sick of seeing these guys go back and forth. I know the greatest Royal Rumble will probably be the last time we see them face off. Assuming Roman is going to take the Universal Championship there. Uh, it looks like that's what they're building up to. It looks like that's what they're going for, is to do it with a more neutral crowd where there won't be as many boos. You might see some cheers because the title switching hands or 
what be it, but seeing these guys come out and just talk face-to-face. And, and honestly, I'm a huge Paul Heyman fan, but even listening to, to Paul Heyman say the same things week in and week out, it's kind of drawing me sour on him as well. It's a, a good thing if you know, you're know you trying to make Brock the heel, but Roman just keeps doing the same thing, and that's not helping his cause at all. So I, th- I think... With this being the last Raw before the Greatest Royal Rumble and the Greatest Royal Rumble hopefully being the last time these two face off, hopefully this is the last time we see this kind of promo work. Um, So there was that. That was fine. They didn't really, they didn't do anything. They didn't fight. They didn't brawl or anything. It was just talking. Um, Trying to think if anything else happened on Raw. Not a whole lot. Um, We didn't really get much more build to the Intercontinental Championship match that's coming up. We did get a really interesting segment. Um, With Miz going over to SmackDown, there's no more Miz TV, so we got an episode of the Sammy and Kevin show, which I don't know if it's going to be a a weekly thing or if this was a one-off thing, but basically it's the same concept as Miz TV, a different setup. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens come down to the ring. They have a guest. They interview him. Obviously, it goes awry every time, as Miz TV usually did. Um, this week, they had Kurt Angle, and the, it was more comedy than Miz TV used to be. Um, I think Sami Zayn is one of the funniest guys in the company. Between his his facial reactions, the way he his comedic timing, I think he's hilarious. And so this fits him perfectly. I think. This felt kind of, um, I guess flat would be the best word to use. This felt kind of flat because as funny as both of these guys are, Kevin Owens' voice is a little too monotone. Um, Sami Zayn, really, the comedy in Sami Zayn is his voice. You can tell when he's joking and when it's a punchline or when it's a buildup based on his voice, but Kevin Owens has the same voice through nine different emotions, and that kind of takes away from the comedy a little bit, but I, I thought it was a good job. They had Kurt Angle on a couple of digs about, you know, him forgetting Jason Jordan and him having a bunch of kids, and Kurt Angle said how he was planning on beating him up in the Greatest Royal Rumble and how Shane was going to be in there too, which, you know, confirmed Shane for that match. Um but I thought it was funny. And then Kurt Angle said, you know, you want spots in this roster, you're going to have to fight. And he put him in a match against uh, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley, which was a good match. Obviously, Braun and Lashley won that because you're not going to have those two guys lose against Kevin and Sammy as good as they are. Um, you know, there were a couple funny spots where Braun kept going back and forth, running and knocking Kevin into the into the barricade, which made me laugh out loud. That was a very funny spot. Um, Braun hit the power slam. Obviously, it was one, two, three. So it was a predictable match, but it was good. It was a good match. Overall, Raw was, I guess, mediocre. Um, and then you had SmackDown on Tuesday night, which was it seemed to be very promising. Daniel Bryan was going to be a guest on Ms. TV. You had Sanity is debuting. Uh, Andrade Cien Almas is debuting. Um, I guess we'll just dive into it. Um, I don't really remember the order of the segments, but, um, well, Ms. TV started it. 
and everyone was expecting Daniel Bryan. He didn't come out, and it ended up being Big Cass, and everyone was disappointed. I was disappointed. Um, I kind of knew after last week that this is the route that they were going to take was a Big Cass-Daniel Bryan feud. Um, but I got to admit, Big Cass came out and cut a very, very good promo. I don't know if he you know, took promo classes or public speaking classes or whatever he took while he was injured, but he cut a very good and, just like Drew McIntyre, a very fiery promo about, you know, how he got cleared the same time as Daniel Bryan, but Daniel Bryan got all the publicity, Daniel Bryan got all the special treatment, and Big Cass was pissed. Big Cass, you know, felt like he was forgotten about while he was injured, and he kind of was. And obviously this, he... It obviously boiled over to him that he attacked Daniel Bryan backstage, and uh, and um, that'll set up, that set up a match for backlash. So that you can expect that a lot of people are sour on this match. A lot of people are unhappy that we're getting it, but I think they're just they don't know that this is gonna be a good match. They don't know that they want to see this. I think this is going to be a good match. Um, it'll be Big Cass's first official match back. Um, and it'll be going up against a good opponent, Daniel Bryan. I think it'll, it's almost like a David and Goliath sort of story. Just because you have Daniel Bryan, who's obviously always been the underdog, going up against the seven-footer. So that'll be that'll be a good match. Uh, you had the backlash contract signing between Carmella and Charlotte, and they did a really good job of making Carmella look even more heel than she already does. I find her voice just so terrible and annoying, um, and she had them play her highlight package twice because that's just the heel thing to do. And then, of course, Charlotte interrupted it, and they did the contract signing, and at the end of the contract signing... Charlotte went to smash Carmella's head off the desk and flipped it on her. Contract signings never go as planned. If you see that a contract signing is scheduled, you know something's going to happen. You know someone's going to interrupt it or there's going to be a brawl. I've never seen a contract signing go well where nothing happened. So obviously something was going to happen. Obviously Charlotte was going to come out on top on this one. Um, and I, just, I just felt like there was no need for it. It, was, it seemed like filler. You had the match between the Iconics, the Iconic duo, and Becky Lynch and Asuka. And you had the Iconics pick up a win. It was a dirty win on a dirty pin. But it seemed weird because Becky Lynch keeps taking pins, which I disagree with because I think she's a star. And it was another loss for Asuka. That's two losses in a row for someone who was undefeated for over two years, which seems foolish Again, but we'll see what direction they head in. Um, so that was an okay match. There was... I'm trying to think what else there was for matches. Um, AJ Styles and the uh, Gals and Anderson. So a little reuniting of the club on SmackDown now against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura with new theme music, which... Um, I'm a neutral, and I don't know if I like it or if I don't like it. I loved his old music. I would listen to it in my car. It, it was what my alarm on my phone to wake me up in the morning. So I, 
I'm a little upset that they got rid of that, but I understand he's the bad guy. He's got to have bad guy music, and I understand the whole meaning for it. So I, I think it'll grow on me, but for right now, I'm, I'm neutral on it. Um, he went up against them with uh, Rusev Day. And, of course, you got the spots at the end where, you know, he hit the low blow and... Um, and then he was going to hit AJ Styles with a Kinshasa. And um, Carl Anderson pushed AJ Styles out of the way. And uh, he took the bullet for him, which is pretty cool. It, it shows the bomb between those guys. And, again, this match just set up for the match at the Greatest Royal Rumble, the title match. And it ticked all the boxes. And that was really it. There was a lot of commercials um, on this SmackDown, it seemed like more than usual. Um, and you didn't see Andrade Cienamas. There was a little uh, graphic package that said, you know, when the time when the time comes, you'll see him. But that was it. And then um, you even we got the graphic last week saying Sanity is coming next week to SmackDown. They even showed a graphic. This week, on Tuesday night, in the middle of the show, saying Sanity is coming. They didn't say next week. They didn't say later. They said they were coming. And the show comes to an end, and Sanity doesn't come either. So there were two debuts that we were expecting. And then Sanity, of course, um, had a spot on NXT the next night. But, um, of course, that's two debuts that we were expecting that we didn't get. So that was a little disappointing. Um, so, really, I think SmackDown, Raw did okay. SmackDown fell short. And I guess there's... That's it, really. Those are the two shows. There wasn't a whole lot to get into. Not a whole lot happened. And you didn't even see Samoa Joe on SmackDown. He cut one of those video promos, but that was it. He didn't compete or anything. So I don't know. I, I guess I just expected more. I expected the debuts. I expected to see Joe, but that was the go-home SmackDown for the Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, I, I guess before we get into the Greatest Royal Rumble and, and my predictions, we'll get into the first um, segment which is the three stars of the week. I already got into uh, I already got into a couple of them. I guess the third star is going to be Drew McIntyre. I think his he had a quick match, very hard hitting, did very well, um, and that promo that he cut about how every other superstar is just back there collecting checks and. They, you know, there's no heart, there's no fire, and he's going to bring that back to a locker room that's gone soft. It was just a really good promo and kind of hinted at him making a uh, major title push in the near future. And I'd love to see that. He looks great, you know, physically. He had a great match, and I think if you want to push someone to a major title and you don't want it to be Seth or Finn or Elias yet, I think that'd be a good first place to start when Roman inevitably wins the Universal Championship. Um, so that was really good. It was good. It's good to see Drew McIntyre back and healthy, 
and really living up to the potential that we thought he had before but never really amounted to. Um, the second star, the second and the first stars are a little tough for me, kind of debating which one goes where. The second star is going to have to be, I guess the second star I'll go with Braun Strowman, just because once again he looked dominant. He's showing that a guy his size and his strength can be agile too. You're looking at this man. And he's hitting running drop kicks. He's running full speed and barreling through people. He is showing athleticism that a guy his size and his stature should not have. Um, and just the way he was able to manhandle Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens really, really showed that he's making that push. Um, we'll get into him more and his role at the Greatest Royal Rumble and, and whatnot later. But I think... They're they're pushing him, but they want to keep him away from the title for just a little bit longer. I wouldn't be surprised to see him and Lashley um, team up a few more times and just kind of run through the uh, the raw roster. So he looked great, and the first stars I got to give it to Big Cass. It was very very unexpected. Uh, like I said, I was disappointed when he came out on SmackDown, but that promo that he cut was fantastic. And it, it seemed real. It seemed from the heart. And I honestly, I think it was a little bit from the heart. There was a little bit of truth behind that. He is a little upset that everyone's giving Daniel Bryan this preferential treatment and this attention when, hey, he's been on the show for nine months. You know, he didn't have an easy go at it. He wants some of this attention, too. He's, he's a seven-footer. And he, he's here now, and he wants this attention that Daniel Bryan's getting, but I think that's going to be good for his character. Obviously, he's going to be a heel character, and I think the heel character with something to prove is a lot more useful than the heel character that everyone loves. Um, and I think feuding with the biggest babyface in the company is going to really bring heat towards him, which is exactly what you want as a heel. Um, and also, I think just the move to SmackDown in general is going to be good for him. You don't want him on Raw because then you have him and Strowman, and that's, you know, you got two huge guys. You got two monsters on the same brand, and you really don't want that. So the move to SmackDown is good. He can be the monster there. Strowman can be the monster on Raw. Um, and that's really where he belongs is that big seven foot monster role because he and he looks in better shape than when he got hurt he looks less doughy more defined and just bigger in general so good for big Cass. he's the first you know the number one star i guess you would say um on on this week in wrestling and uh i guess for segment number two is is my hot take segment and I don't know if this is a hot take because on, on Twitter I've seen a lot of people that agree, but a lot of people love him. I cannot stand... Okay, that that's aggressive. It's not that I can't stand them. I just I don't get it with the Woken Warriors and Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. I, uh... 
I, I get that, you know, they're Matt Hardy's funny. Bray Wyatt still, you know, doesn't have the humor. Matt Hardy can be funny at times. He can make me laugh sometimes. But, listen, Bray Wyatt's never been the best technical wrestler, although he is a much better wrestler than people give him credit for. And Matt Hardy is, he, he's looking at his age, and his twist of fate is slow. He's not, you know, high-flying like he used to. He, he just looks slower out there. So actual wrestling-wise, they're not the best team. I can't stand to listen to Bray Wyatt talk anymore and his nonsense. At least with Matt Hardy, it's funny, and I get it. But with Bray Wyatt, it seems forced. And it's just the gimmick seems like, uh, I don't know. I just I guess I just don't get it. I don't get it. I, I don't think they're the tag team champions you need. Um, get to it in my predictions at the Greatest Royal Rumble, but I think they'll be the tag team champions after after tomorrow. When you hear this, it'll be tonight um, or today, depending on where you are. I, uh, I I don't think they should be the champions. I think if you should give it to someone on Raw. It should be the Revival. I think Titus Worldwide would be great um, with the tag team championships, but it looks like it's going to be the Woken Warriors or... Whatever they are officially called. I don't think they have an official name yet, but I just, I don't know. I think you give it to a different team, uh, a team who works a little bit better and has a, a more straightforward, easier to understand gimmick. But that's just me. That's my hot take. I know a lot of people disagree. Some people agree, but that's just my opinion. So I guess let's get into the Greatest Royal Rumble because. Trying to keep the first episode a little bit shorter, and we have a lot of predictions to get to. So I'm going to begin here. Uh, I guess I'll begin. The, the first match will probably be. Um, it's probably going to be the Cruiserweight Championship match, Cedric Alexander, and I'm surprised it wasn't Ali again. I would have loved to see a rematch, but it's. Uh, Cedric Alexander and Kalisto. Uh, I think this one should be really straightforward. It should be Cedric Alexander, but there's a lot of rumors that the WWE wants a lot of titles to change hands. So Sin Cara could pick up the Cruiserweight Championship. But I, I don't think that'd be a smart way to go about it. I don't think Kalisto gains as much as Cedric Alexander loses in that situation. Cedric Alexander is a likable guy, great skill set, good look. And I think he kind of defines more what the cruiserweights are than Kalisto. Um, and I want to see Cedric Alexander and Drew Gulak go up against each other for the cruiserweight championship down the line. Uh, one of the pay-per-views or you know, just on an episode of 205 Live or, or something like that. So I think, I don't know, I think Kalisto, that may not be the best choice. So I, I think Cedric Alexander will retain here. I think he should. Um, and I think it, it's a fairly short match based on what you have on the rest of the card. Uh, the next match I'll get into is the casket match between The Undertaker and Rusev. I think this one's uh, probably the most predictable match. Um, it has to be The Undertaker. You had him look so good against John Cena at WrestleMania. 
and this is a match tailor-made for The Undertaker. It's a casket match. It's his match. You know, that and The Buried Alive. So, I think this is an easy one. I think it's a, a good match. I think it goes back and forth a lot more. Obviously, it can't be too long because with The Undertaker's age and, you know, th- that's why they struck the nail on the head so well at WrestleMania is because it was a short match. So, The Undertaker looked fresh. He looked quick. He looked strong the whole match. If a match goes out, goes on for too long with The Undertaker, he's going to look slower. He's going to look his age, and that's not what the WWE wants, especially not in front of, uh, you know, a crowd this big and a crowd this invested money-wise into the product. So I think it's a, a, a quick match, but a good one. Um, a, more back and forth than WrestleMania was for sure, but I think The Undertaker gets over on Rusev here. It just makes more sense. It's The Undertaker's match, you know what I mean? And I think... His last match, since they're having him fight, having him wrestle here, and his last match not being at WrestleMania 34, I think his last match has to be at WrestleMania 35. And you're going to want him to look strong leading up to that, so I think ultimately The Undertaker wins that one. Uh, Triple H and John Cena is next. I think I think this has to be John Cena. Triple H is not wrestling as much as John Cena is. John Cena is still making Raw and SmackDown TV appearances. He's still appearing at pay-per-views. Triple H only comes out, you know, for the the off-and-on pay-per-view. So John Cena has more invested in it. He just, you know, took a squash to The Undertaker. You know, he put The Undertaker over heavily. And this is another case similar to the Cruiserweight Championship match where I think... Triple H losing, I think if John Cena loses, you lose more than you would win if Triple H wins. So I I think it has to be Cena. Triple H put over Angle and Rousey really well. He's very good at, you know, helping talent. And I think he could put over John Cena here. This is a match that... One of the first matches that was announced for this, and people were shocked... But I think people are more excited to see it now uh, that it's here. Uh, this should be a good match, and I think John Cena wins it, but I don't think it's nearly as close as it, it could be. Uh, the next match is the U.S. Championship match, and, and this is where it gets a little complicated because it's Jinder and Jeff, and they're on different brands. So if Jinder wins back his United States Championship, it goes to Raw. And I guess it depends the order of the matches. So if this match goes before the Intercontinental Championship match and Jinder wins and brings the U.S. Championship back to Raw, you know someone from SmackDown's winning the IC title. So... This is where it gets a little weird. I think Jeff retains, though. I think the U.S. title... Uh, the U.S. Championship is meant to stay on SmackDown. I think that's a SmackDown Championship more than it is a Raw Championship. And the Intercontinental Championship just being defended on Raw, it, it makes more sense. So I think Jeff retains here, keeps it on SmackDown. Um, I think 
I know there will be outside interference, and I don't know if Jeff Hardy's going to get any help in this one either, or maybe Sunil Singh will uh, interfere, but it'll end up backfiring on Jinder. I don't know how this is going to work um, with outside interference, but I do believe Jeff Hardy wins and, and keeps the title on SmackDown. Plus, he's just refreshing as a champion. He's a guy everyone loves. He has still has a, a fantastic move set. He's got... Ooh, excuse me. He's got such a unique look. Um, I think it just makes sense to have him retain here and keep the title on SmackDown. The Raw Tag Titles. This is a given. You can't have the Raw Tag Titles be on the bar on SmackDown. The only the only thing would be if they win it and then come back to Raw. But I think, like I said earlier, this is just measuring up for the, the Woken Warriors, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, um, to, to win the titles and, you know, keep them on Raw. The bar will stay on SmackDown. And who knows where they'll go from there, if Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler will stay a team or if they'll see Titus worldwide or, you know... Uh, the Revival, or even Brizongo. Who knows? Um, the SmackDown tag titles? I don't know. Because the Bludgeon Brothers seem unbeatable. But on SmackDown, I forgot to mention this actually, on SmackDown... Um, oh, was it Jimmy or Jay? I think it was Jimmy was fighting uh, Rowan, and they used Naomi as a distraction, but with Naomi as a distraction, the Uso picked up the win. So maybe the Bludgeon Brothers aren't untouchable. I think in a, a strictly two-on-two -two match, it makes it, you know, obviously the odds are better for the Usos than if it was, you know, the same type of match as WrestleMania, that triple threat tag team match. I think the Usos have more chemistry. I think they work well together. They work better together than the Bludger Brothers. So it's going to be chemistry and um, chemistry and I guess a, a better mentality and thinking smarter, as opposed to the strength of the Bludger Brothers and the brute force. And I think the Usos take the championships. Back? Uh, uh, no, I, scratch that. I think the Bludgeon Brothers keep it. I think the Bludgeon Brothers keep the um, the tag titles because the Usos are, are really fun to watch chasing the titles. Uh, I like watching them chase the titles. I think them and the New Day going back and forth to see who's the number one contender is a lot of fun. Um, the Bar could hop in there as well. I think the Bar could take down the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, so I think the Bludgeon Brothers retain the Tag Team Championships uh, just because there's more storylines that can come from it, and it, it'll be more exciting to watch from there. The Intercontinental Championship Triple uh, Fatal 4-Way Ladder Match. And because I have Jeff Hardy keeping the title, the U.S. Championship on SmackDown, that means, yes, you guessed it, I think the IC title stays on Raw. Uh, so it's either Finn or Seth, and I'm a big Finn Balor fan. I think Finn Balor deserves a, a major title push because he was kind of robbed because of his shoulder injury. hasn't really gotten a big title push since, except for this one. Um, 
it seems most logical to have Seth retain, seeing as that he just won it. Fans love him as champion. Um, he became the Grand Slam champion with it. And I, I want to see Finn win it, just because I, I'm a big Finn fan. I love Seth, too, but I'm a big Finn fan. And I, you know what? I, I do think Finn wins it. And here's why I think... And this is the way I would go about it, and I, I, I can see the WWE going about it this way, too. When Seth won at Mania, he pinned The Miz, came out on Raw, and, and Finn came out... And Finn said, listen, Seth, you know, congrats on winning the championship, but buddy, you didn't pin me. You didn't beat me. You pinned the Miz. I just happened to not be involved in the decision. So, you know, you didn't beat me. And that was his argument to, you know, get his, his rematch. Now, if Finn wins this ladder match... Then Seth can come out and say, listen, buddy, you didn't beat me. You didn't pin me. You didn't outman me. You just, you know, took advantage of when I was down and climbed the ladder before me and and, and pulled down that championship. You, you didn't beat me. And then from there, I think they could say, listen, Seth, you didn't beat me at Mania. You pinned the Miz. And Seth can say, well, you didn't pin me at the Greatest Royal Rumble. You just climbed the ladder and got the title when I was taken out by Samoa Joe or The Miz. And that'll lead to one final match, uh, Finn being the champion going into that match. It'll be at one of the pay-per-views. Hopefully it will main event one of the pay-per-views so they can put on a longer match because when those guys have a good amount of time, they can can put on a five-star match very easily. Um, And it'll be, you know... They'll each have a win against each other, but none of them clean. And and from there, we'll see where it goes. But I So I think Finn wins it. It's a little complicated, but I think Finn wins it just to set up something like that where they can have one last rubber match, grudge match, to see who the true IC champion is. The WWE Championship, I think, has to change hands. Uh, AJ Styles is a fantastic champion. Oh, fantastic champion. But the babyface chasing the title from the heel is a story that just writes itself. And Shinsuke has done such a good job of turning heel and staying heel, changing the music, continuing the low blows, not giving interviews, making stuff up, the uh, don't speak English thing. Uh, He's done such a good job with that. He's been such a good heel. And AJ's such a good babyface that I think if you have the heel win it here and then have the babyface AJ Styles chase it and, and, you know, keep chasing it against all odds, then that that sets up for more storylines down the road and, and they can go at, you know, one of the bigger pay-per-views. Maybe they can do something at SummerSlam or maybe a little bit before then. But I think that sets up the most options. And I think... This would be Shinsuke's third WWE Championship match. His first, he lost to Jinder. His second, he lost to AJ Styles at WrestleMania. And so I think if he loses a third uh, WWE Championship match, it hurts everything that he had building from NXT. He hasn't won a championship. Um, He's had two chances already, and he's whiffed. If he fails on a third one, then it's like 
you know, it's time to get him out of the, the title picture. You know, those other guys waiting in line who haven't gotten one shot, and this guy fails at three and he stays there. That doesn't make sense. So I think the best bet is to have him win it here. AJ, you know, can chase it from there. And, and you know, the storylines write themselves, really. Universal Championship, I think, has to be Roman at this point. People are just so sick of this. Um, Roman chasing Brock and, you know, the, the, the banter that goes on on Raw and... People are just tired of it. I'm I'm getting tired of it myself, and I think you know, great Roman Brock retained at uh, at WrestleMania. Vince changed his mind. He heard the reaction the match was getting. He heard the boos that Roman got. Wanted to do it on more neutral ground. I get it. That's fine. Um, but it has to be here. If it's not here, if Roman fails to beat Brock again then it's the same thing as Nakamura. you got to get him out of there. And maybe, you know, th- there's multiple ways you can go about it. If he's not going to get the title off Brock, great. Have Lashley do it, and then have Strowman beat Lashley down the road for it. Or, you know, and then Ro- Roman can team up with Seth when Finn wins the IC title, and they can go after the tag titles. Or Dean Ambrose can come back and they can be the Shield again, and maybe that'll be Roman's best chance at getting over as a face. Um, but I think Roman wins it, and I think the the way I would go about it is have Roman win the Universal Championship, have Finn win the IC title, then you can do you know Finn against. Elias and Bobby Roode and all these guys for the IC title. Um, and you can do Roman against Seth for the Universal Championship. And when Dean Ambrose is healthy, throw him in there. I think a triple threat between all three Shield guys for the Universal Championship can main event any major pay-per-view, for sure. That's a, a main event match. Not just because the title's in it, but because those are three great wrestlers, and that's a match everyone would want to see. So I think that is the best bet. Have Roman win it now. Brock can go play in the UFC or do whatever he wants to do. Roman can finally have his Universal Championship, finally stop facing off with Brock face-to-face, and and you can progress storylines from there. But I think if you have Brock win here... He's going to inevitably break CM Punk's record of, you know, the longest reign, and that's just going to piss people off even more. And maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe they want Brock to beat that that title reign because they want him to be the ultra heel, and then Roman can finally slay him there. But I don't want to see that. I don't want to see this go on any longer. Have Roman win it here. Get it over with in front of fans that aren't going to strictly boo. They'll be neutral when he wins it and take it from there. Um, and then on to the, the 50-man Royal Rumble. Obviously, this is tough to predict because who knows exactly who's going to be in it. We know some of the names. I ran a poll on Twitter, and the popular um, the popular vote was Daniel Bryan. I don't think so. I think he'll have his moment down the line. He'll have his WWE Championship moment eventually. But I think... Uh, it's it's Braun Strowman, and you want, especially with people 
who aren't huge on wrestling. I know a lot of the Saudi Arabian fans do like wrestling, but a lot of them don't. A lot of them just don't know about it as much, you know, don't know enough. So I think if you can have this big seven-foot-style world's strongest man come out and just lay waste to everyone in the ring... People are going to go home and say, wow, that big guy is pretty cool. I want to watch more of that big guy beating up on everyone else because no one can touch him. Can anyone beat him? You know, it'll be one of those stories where, wow, that, that people will go home and say, wow, that was pretty cool. You got to see that guy destroy everyone else. Um, and plus, you know, with a, a regular Royal Rumble, there's title match implications. And obviously they are keeping Braun Strowman out of the title picture for the time being. I think they're setting up for WrestleMania 35. So they're keeping him out of the title picture for the time being. And this greatest Royal Rumble doesn't have any title match implications. It doesn't say the winner main events WrestleMania or the winner gets a title shot. It's just a trophy. So you can have Braun Strowman come in, lay waste to everyone, maybe break the record in eliminations. I don't know. If that counts towards the record, because it's a, a the largest rumble, so of course there'll be more eliminations than usual. Um, have them come in, eliminate 20, 25, maybe even 30 guys, look huge, have his moment of, you know, really saying this is the future, this guy's untouchable, without the implications of having to throw him in the playoff picture right away. And, you know, people go home saying, wow, the David is really cool. I like that big guy who destroyed everyone else. Uh, that's just my take on it. I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to Daniel Bryan winning it. I could see it happening. Um, again, that underdog story of this guy wasn't supposed to wrestle anymore. He was told his career was over. He retired. And then he f- kept fighting, kept fighting, came back. And now he wins a 50-man, the largest Royal Rumble ever. That's a Cinderella story that people would love to see, but I, I don't think this is his time. I think his time comes down the line. I think he feuds with Miz, and, you know, you go from there. I just think you need a guy like Braun Strowman, a guy that big, that dominant, that memorable, to show these Saudi Arabian fans, this is what we got. This is our, you know, this is one of our most prized possessions, and you want to watch this guy just like everyone else does, so buy into us. You know what I mean? Pay more attention to us. Buy our merchandise. Here's this guy's T-shirts. Don't you want to support this big guy? And they will do it. If he's pushed the right way, they will be amazed, just like everyone else is every time Braun Strowman does anything because he's one of the coolest and most over guys in the company. Everyone loves him. So I think this is his time. Um, those are my predictions. That's it. Um, like I said, I tried to keep this episode short. I know, um, there weren't any questions submitted. I know I put the tweet out kind of late last day and, um, you know, not a lot of Twitter followers yet, but with that being said, you should follow the Twitter. Um, chances are you're listening to this because you do follow the Twitter and that's how you know about it. But if you don't, and you want to follow the Twitter, you want to see my tweets, you want to take part in my polls, see my predictions, and know about anything that's coming up, um, follow the Twitter. 
at three bells pod. That's three spelt out. T H R E E bells with an S at the end and then pod uh, for podcast. That's the Twitter. Um, my email's on there. Everything's on there that you need to know. And really, that's about it. Um, like I said, this is technically it's Friday now because I recorded this starting at midnight and it's now 12.55. Um, yeah, so in a, for me, I live on the east coast of the United States. So for me, the greatest Royal Rumble starts in 11 hours. Um, I'll be getting out of work early to watch that. So I got to stay off Twitter for... You know, to avoid spoilers, but hopefully you guys enjoy this as much as I know I will. I'm looking forward to this uh, a lot. I think this is going to be fun. Lots of titles on the line. Lots of titles will probably change hands. And then you got the biggest, largest Royal Rumble ever, which, you know, is super exciting because who knows what will happen in that. So I'm excited to watch this. I'm, you know, I wish this started at a different time, but this will be a lot of wrestling and it'll, it'll be a lot of fun so I'm really excited for this hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as I will um, if you have any questions DM me on the Twitter again that's at 3bellspod um, I'm Joe and that's it for this week so have fun guys and uh, wrestle on